Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about Catalonia's National Day. La Diada Nacional de Catalunya, or just La Diada for short, is celebrated every year on the 11th of September. On this week's podcast, we'll be looking at the history behind the holiday, all the way back to 1714, and more recently talking about how in the last decade, La Diada has become a focal point for mass demonstrations for independence campaigners. Joining me today is Alan Ruiz Thrall. Hi, Alan. Hi, Lorcan. September 11th is obviously a date etched into people's minds because of the 2001 Al-Qaeda attacks on the Twin Towers in New York. But for Catalans, Alan, that date, the 11th of September, it has a completely different significance going all the way back to the beginning of the 18th century. Yeah, exactly. So the 11th of September of 1714, uh, it was the day that Barcelona fell to the Borbonic troops in the War of Spanish uh, Succession. Basically what happened is that Charles II of Spain died uh, without children. And there were two guys in Europe who say, hey, I think I can be the, the heirs to this throne. Uh, and it was Philip of, of France, like he was a Bourbon. And then there was Charles of Austria from the Habsburgs. And well, Catalonia backed the wrong guy. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and it, it backfired. <laughs> and, and then like when the when the war ended, uh, they made them pay for that. So it's a strange day, maybe. To, it's not exactly something to celebrate, is it? No, it's a defeat. It's a defeat. <laughs> Celebrating a defeat, like that's quintessentially Catalan. Yeah, it's a bit like the Ireland football team as well. <laughs> that's, but that's but um, that defeat... That's remembered, you know, hundreds of years later. It, so it's really stuck with people. It has a lot of historical significance, obviously, this 1714 date. Yeah, exactly. It's regarded as the year, basically, when Catalonia lost, like, its its political institutions and became part of, of Spain. Like, it had been part of, of Spain, so to say, because when the Queen Isabella of, of Castile and King Ferdinand of Aragon got married... They, they are like the, the so-called Catholic monarchs of, of Spain. That's when Spain was officially unified. Like, But Catalonia, as part of the Aragon crown, um, still kept some political autonomy, which was lost when Philip V uh, won the war. That's a good history lesson, Alan. How do people then celebrate the Diada or how have they in the past as well? Well, I guess it's not that different from like how other countries celebrate uh, their their national day. Like, of course, we have our kind of national <laughs> heroes, sort to say. Uh, they're like Rafael Casanova, who is the the conseller in cap de Barcelona, like the the, the kind of the, the head councillor of, of Barcelona, basically the highest authority in Barcelona at the time when the Bourbonic troops conquered the the city so they're like statues of this guy um in, in many places he's actually from from my hometown from from Moya. Ah, so we have, right. a, so a, <laughs> we have a sculpture of a uh, rafael casanova there and people will bring flowers and make like a emotional speeches like the, the catalan anthem will be will be played this, this kind of things okay so the catalan anthem you mentioned and uh we're gonna play a little bit of it okay let's have a lesson
It sounds pretty serious stuff there. I don't know exactly what they're saying, but just the mood is like, it's pretty like, ooh, I don't know. Like the minor key, it's pretty dark. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a, a, a pop song. <laughs> so what's it all about? Um, I think it's better if you figure it out by, by yourself. I found this uh, Wikipedia page with a, a very interesting translation. I think it's pretty accurate. Uh, written in this like old Shakespearean English. Okay, let's take a look what you've sent me here. Catalonia triumphant shall again be rich and abundant. Drive away these folks who are also Gaul and arrogant. And now the important part. <laughs> the chorus is strike with thy sickle, strike with thy sickle, defenders of the land. Strike with thy sickle. Bon cop so, de fals. Bon cop de fals. Okay, and that's a famous phrase, is it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So not very original, as you can say, like when it comes to, to anthems. Well, it's your typical anthem, isn't it? It's always, yeah. it's always about, you know, striking down some enemy or mm-hmm. other. I'm just looking. So it's called El Segadores, and Segadores translate as Reaper. So they were basically farmers, were they? Is this like a... a yeah, yeah, a, a, and I've just realized that the Grim Reaper, like that's where the... Where they're yeah, rip, he, I guess he has yeah. That's like when you rip. take the harvest that's, or whatever with the mm-hmm. big sickle. Yeah, that's where it comes from. <laughs> so, are you likely to hear the anthem on the day itself? Does it get played at? at these, oh yeah, of course, uh, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and flags as well. I suppose all these kind of national symbols. Mm-hmm. And there's La, this La Sanera. La Sanera. There's a story behind that as well, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, I, I guess like maybe um, some of our listeners can picture it by themselves. Like it's a, a yellow background and four. Uh, red stripes and the legend the legend goes that uh gifre alpilos wilfred the the hairy <laughs> just hold on a wee second there's a guy <laughs> called wilfred the hairy yeah, yeah yeah i mean i guess that like well um <laughs> if you had personally met him it probably makes sense but uh, uh very good we can just like trust the historical <laughs> it's brilliant brilliant so Wilfred uh, the Hairy, who is regarded as kind of a founding father of, of, of Catalonia. And he's Gifre, like our colleague. Yeah, exactly. He's, <laughs> I guess he's named after, <laughs> after Wilfred after the Hairy. And I used to live in the Gifre street in, in Barcelona. Ah, right. So there's a lot, a lot of Gifre going <laughs> on here. And so he was um, the Count of Barcelona and other towns and cities as well and he was killed by the moors in the ninth century and with his blood they basically with four fingers using his blood that they painted on a golden shield the the four stripes ah, and so this right, became okay. the, the symbol of, of catalonia right these kind of displays that we're talking about the, the flag and the anthem obviously catalans haven't always been able to kind of display these symbols yeah of course during the franco dictatorship the old symbols of, of Catalan, uh, of Catalonia's distinct national pride were, were banned, like the Casanova uh, statues were removed, and the national day uh, well, was, was banned because there was also only the, 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 the Spanish national day. If you wanted to celebrate it, you presumably had to do it in private in the family <laughs> yeah, home or something. So it was in 1980 when September 11 officially became the national day. Uh, it was actually the first law passed by the Catalan parliament after it was reinstated. Well, I guess that shows how important it was that the very first law that they enacted was, OK, let's establish this date as our national day again. Mm-hmm. In the last decade, La Diada has taken on additional political significance. It's become a real focal point for the independence campaign, hasn't it? Yeah, actually, if, if you come to Catalonia uh, on Catalonia's national day, like you're more likely 
to see not the Catalan flag, which might be the yeah, but the the Stalada, which is basically the, the same red stripes on a on a yellow background, but with a with a star. Like it can either be a white star on a on a blue triangle or a red star on a yellow triangle. It's like inspired by the by the Cuban flag. Yeah, yeah, and that's the kind of pro independence flag. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to give you a bit of a flavour of what these diaras were like, uh, here's our colleague, Chenia Palau, taking us through the last decade of these independence demonstrations. The 20 top diada marked a turning point. The streets of Barcelona witnessed, according to the local police, one and a half million Catalans marching under the banner of Catalonia, a new European state. This became the first massive demonstration with an unmistakably pro-independence message, the first of many to come. But for the Catalan National Assembly, the pro-independence group organizing the demonstrations, massive was never enough. Rallies had to be memorable, a show of force for the world to see. 2013 was arguably the biggest logistical challenge they ever faced. A human chain stretching over 400 kilometers from north to south, uniting the two ends of Catalonia. It was called the Catalan Way, mimicking the Baltic Way that underpinned the fall of Soviet Union. The following year saw what is regarded as the biggest demonstration ever held in Catalonia. 1.8 million people, according to police figures, formed a giant letter V in two of Barcelona's main avenues. People wore yellow and red, representing the Catalan flag, while the giant V symbolized victory, will and vote. This vote came about two months later, in November, when over two million Catalans cast their ballots in a non-binding consultation. These creative displays became a tradition. In 2015, protesters carried printed banners and a giant yellow arrow moved along the route called the freeway. The main street was divided into 135 sections, recalling the number of seats in the Catalan parliament. The following year, there were demonstrations in cities across Catalonia, but numbers dropped before rising again in 2017, held in the run-up to a referendum on independence on October the 1st, which prompted a violent crackdown of the vote from Spanish authorities and the imprisonment and exile of Catalonia's top political leaders. Those events directly affected the 2018 Diada. Demonstrators dressed yellow, called for the Catalan Republic and demanded freedom for the imprisoned independence leaders and the return of exiles. In 2019, attendance decreased to a pre-pandemic low of 600,000 people, according to Catalan government figures. But perhaps most importantly, a month later, the sentencing of nine Catalan leaders over the independence push in 2017 enraged pro-independence supporters and led the wave of altercations that look nothing like the peaceful family-friendly rallies seen every September the 11th, with violence clashes between demonstrators and police. In 2020, of course, the other was shaped by the coronavirus pandemic. Instead of one joint gathering, the Catalan National Assembly opted for decentralized events. More than 100 spread across Catalonia with compulsory face masks and a strict social distancing to prevent the spread of the virus. That was Chenia Palau. Alan, 
you've covered several of those diadas as a journalist. What what's it been like? Yeah, I mean, I, I started working as a journalist a decade ago, and and that that's when the big pro independence rallies started. So I'd go to, to Barcelona or whatever the the demonstration was being held, and. There's been a lot of discussion regarding the, the numbers, like exactly how many people went there. But once you were there, you realize that like regardless of like the, the the actual figure, you've never seen that many people together yeah, in your life. Yeah. Like it, it was it was extremely crowded, it was full of people. You got like this weird feeling of kind of exceptionality in a way. Um like for instance, with, with the pandemic, we've seen like empty cities and and you felt like, oh. Like this is this is something is happening. Something strange. So with the demonstration it was kind of the same, like the opposite. Instead of empty, it was full of people, and you basically saw like the the urban space transformed by hundreds of thousands of people who were who were protesting. And the atmosphere, like you know, was there? These were totally non-violent as well, wasn't it? I suppose it should be said. Yeah, totally peaceful, and more than that, like it, it was not only like a very crowded event. As Shani explained, it was also kind of creative. Like they, 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 they got like every year it was a challenge to come up with new ideas. Like after a uh, human chain, what comes next? Okay, yeah. this giant V letter. Uh, okay, and then w- what do we do? So it was like this annual challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and I guess part of the reason for that was to 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 keep it different, to keep it fresh uh, for the people involved, but then also for to, to, to make an impact internationally, which it certainly did, because I remember reading about that human chain one, definitely. And this was long before I lived in Catalonia or, or knew I'd be moving here. But I remember reading about this and was like, God, that, that's incredible. It stretches the whole way from the north to the south of Catalonia. Like how many people are involved in that? Yeah. You know, it's just like as a concept, it's a brilliant concept. And it's a logistical nightmare <laughs> as well. <laughs> And what about Catalans who aren't pro-independence? Well, what do they think of the Diada? Yeah, of course, there's a lot of people who don't agree with the pro-independence um, movement. And, well, they basically stayed home <laughs> when there were these demonstrations. It's true that some um, unionist groups tried to organize counter-rallies in a way. They were never really successful, definitely not as successful as the main pro-independence march. But for years... They've defended this idea that, like, the pro-independence movement kind of kidnapped Catalonia's national day, and and some of them don't 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 feel like it belongs to them anymore. Hmm. Okay, so it's a it's it's a very politicized day now, and it's had an influence on the politics of Catalonia as well. Yeah, definitely. It's impossible to understand the independence movement and where we are today without these massive pro-independence rallies for years civil society, basically like the Catalan National Assembly, the main organizers of these uh, pro-independence rallies, were kind of leading the way. They were uh, telling politicians, hey, um, we want an independent Catalonia. And here we are. There's hundreds of thousands, millions of people who who want that. So you should deliver. So I would say that the independence push at the political level started after the first pro-independence march. It was the September 11 in 2012. And then some months later, the Catalonia's then president, Artur Mas, he officially called an election where independence was the main issue. And for the coming years, whatever happened on the Diada continued to have a big influence on political parties. The heads of some of these pro-independence groups 
like Omnium Cultural and uh, Catalan National Assembly, later joined these political parties. And, and, and some of them, for instance, Carme Furcadell, who would then become the, the speaker of the Catalan parliament, she urged the former president, Artur Mas, to, to posi las urnas, she said, uh, during a diada, which means like put uh, the, the, the ballot box. box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, because she was urging him to... to to call a vote, basically, at a referendum. Yeah, it was like this non-binding uh, referendum, um, not, not the, the, the 2017 referendum, it was one earlier. But yeah, you, you could see the influence that these pro-independence rallies had on, on political parties. So I guess mobilizing so many people year after year was always going to be a challenge. And in the last few years, it's maybe dipped off a little bit in terms of enthusiasm. Yeah, I think the problem is that the bar was set so high <laughs> that, of course, if you only gather a few hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of people, which would be incredible for any other reason, like when it comes to the Catalan independence movement, it can be seen as a defeat because they are used to, well, to, to More than extremely large yeah. demonstrations. I would say that the 2017 referendum was probably a, a turning point because before that vote, Nothing was really happening. Of course, there were stuff going on, but uh, in terms of like the, the, the big picture, like the, the, the big history of, of the movement, the important date is the October referendum. It's like this big clash with Spain. Um, and after that date, uh, it's just like the pro-independence movement has so many things to deal with. Uh -huh. Like there's the, the, the imposed direct rule from Madrid. You have like all these political leaders in, in jail uh, or exiled. Um, and there's the question of like what comes next for the pro-independence movement. Like this push to hold the referendum and declare independence has failed. So what's the next strategy? Before um, the the diada was the moment when the pro-independence movement said, "Hey, we, we're here. We're, we're still here." But after the referendums, like how could you forget <laughs> that yeah. the independence movement was not here? Because like there were so many things happening. Uh -huh, so uh -huh. obviously, people didn't necessarily. Um, maybe want to put so much energy uh -huh. on that day. But but still, you would see massive turnouts. So yeah. I'm just talking about like this maybe change in, 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 in not in mentality, but like the significance of, of this day. Like before, it was only about that day. Mm -hmm. After the referendum, there were many more things going on. And of course, last year, as you would expect, the attendances was well down for safety reasons. That was marked by the pandemic. And this year as well will be marked by the pandemic. Yeah, it will be somehow different because last year it was like just like this very decentralized events. Now the Catalan National Assembly is planning to hold a single massive demonstration in Barcelona, trying to gather as many people as possible. And well, we'll see how that goes. And if you're listening to this podcast just as we publish it on Saturday on La Diada, uh, we'll have plenty of coverage of the demonstrations this year, as always, on catalannews.com. Yeah, it's the afternoon, um, 17, 14, 17 hours and 14 minutes. That's, that's the time. So yeah, it's always this time. Harken all the way back to the year 1714. So the Diada coming as it does on the 11th of September, it's kind of like the start of a new political cycle, a new season, if you like. Alan, where are we now? If it was a new season of a TV series, what would the recap involve? Well, the season finale was quite impressive. It was the, the pardon of the jailed, the nine jailed uh, leaders after three and a half years in prison. And right after that, Pedro Sánchez, Spanish president, and Pedro Aragonés, a Catalan president, they announced that they would resume talks to solve the, the independence conflict through this 
dialogue table. So that's what we've got to look forward to as journalists or as anyone. I'm sure we'll do a podcast on it at some stage in the coming weeks. Uh, there's talks happening between Catalonia and Spain. Any idea of what that, that might entail? Well, this is a, an important shift in the independence conflict because, well, both parts seem to committed to, to trying to, to figure a way out through, well, through negotiations. Of course, none of them is really excited, I would say, both from the Catalan and the Spanish part. In, in the Catalan side, the Esquerra Republicana, the party of President Pedro Aragonés, uh, has faced a lot of criticism, actually, for engaging in, the, in these talks, like their, their allies in the government, Junts per Catalunya, and also the, the far-left coup, and, and even the, the organizers of La Diada, the Catalan National Assembly, mm. they are extremely wary of, of, of these talks. They don't trust the Spanish government. They believe that ultimately it will just serve to, to whitewash uh, the Spanish government in a way to, to, to make it seem as, as, as if they are doing something to mm. address this, this conflict, when in fact they might not be willing to really concede a, a referendum, which is the ultimate goal of these talks for the Catalan part. Yeah, I mean, in the run-up to the Diada on the streets just of Barcelona, I've seen plenty of slogans saying, yeah, you know, basically, we don't care about these talks. We want an independent Catalonia or whatever. So, yeah, on the Catalan side, there's kind of, they're not maybe all quite singing from the same hint sheet. And on the Spanish side, they're kind of ruling out a referendum. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you have all the more like right-wing parties, opposition right-wing parties, criticizing the left-wing government for well, being willing to sit at a table with pro-independence parties. Well, that's all to look forward to. We could talk all day about that, but our time is up. We've just got time, Alan, for our Catalan phrase. What is it this week? So I was thinking about like this Valley Coast stuff going on like with the War of Succession, like 1714. And there's a phrase that came to my mind, um, andaban las hachas. Andaban, andaban las hachas. Because I thought that hachas referred to some kind of axes that they used in, in, in combat, maybe. Uh -huh. uh, but apparently they, it doesn't. Like It refers to some long candles that are used in religious processions that, that uh -huh. like, lead the procession. Ah, uh, right. And phrase means um, like to try to overcome difficulties like okay let, let's go like we know Keep it's going. gonna be hard but like here we are come on let's andaban las hachas andaban las hachas let's <laughs> see well, that's all for today happy Diara de Catalunya to all our listeners do people say that do you, do you wish people a happy Diara Alan bona Diada bona Diana. I guess yeah you can say that <laughs> thanks for tuning in uh, thanks for joining me today Alan thank you And thanks to Jania Palau, who we heard from earlier too, as well. We'll be back again with another episode of Filling the Sink next Saturday. Until then, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, take care. Bye for now. Adieu.